Greetings, Eula. Welcome to this week's Red Voices. My name is Ewan Lennett, and this week I'm actually joined, actually physically joined in the flesh by Richard Cam. It's good. I'd, I'd recommend it. Hello. Hello. How's tricks? Not too bad. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks very much, man. Yeah, we're off to the Benfica game tonight in we uh, are. auspicious circumstances. We are on a road trip. Yeah, yeah. We thought we'd catch up on last week's victories over Swansea and Sirs before drive off to Manchester. Uh, one victory which was convincing and one which was less so convincing. Yeah, the Swansea game was interesting in that we just obviously lost horrendously at Huddersfield, which I think was quite a big psychological blow, you know, given that we've been doing so well. And that game sort of took on more importance, I think, than than it would have done otherwise. Um, I think it was it was important that we won that game, and and in the end, it was won very comfortably, and, and it it was a satisfying game because um, Mourinho made some changes, and generally speaking, those players he brought in actually played very well. Mm. And obviously Lingard scored two really, really good goals as well. Mm. Darwin got an assist, an he actual did. living mm. assist. I, I saw it. I, did, I wasn't there to see it, but I did see it with my own eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was an absolutely brilliant header by Lingard as well to finish really? that from the edge of the area. It was, it was very impressive, given that I don't, I don't think Lingard's the greatest finisher in the world. He finished two goals extremely proficiently. Indeed, yeah. I mean, it was. A pretty straightforward evening. It, it wasn't obviously quite as grand as our 4-0 thrashing earlier on in the season. But as as a cup tie goes, you don't think United are going to get many more nights as easy as that. Surely it was very straightforward. Swansea didn't really offer much. There was some resistance and some effort. But you know, once United cut through them in that first half, you know Herrera passing the ball forward into mm. space. Yeah, great little flick by Rashford and a very tidy little finish by Lingard. And yeah, that 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 was that pretty much set the tone. United really didn't have to put they didn't have to pull out a third gear for most of that game. And considering you know they were talking post match, I think it was Jesse Matico talking about putting the Huddersfield result right. I guess the way that United went about their business was a typical Mourinho response to criticism, wasn't it? You mm. know, United were solid. They weren't. There wasn't. It wasn't too reactionary. They essentially got the job done very easily and one not necessarily what could have been a tricky evening's work considering that you know there might have been a bit of element from Swansea's perspective of saying okay United just lost Huddersfield maybe they're wounded we're going to be careful or we're going to go for mm. it you know United dealt with it very very well and you know fifth round tie against Bristol City is it in that in that that, that jaw that everyone on, on the internet is convinced was fixed <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you, you do get a lot of conspiracy theorists, you know, and, and the, the Illuminati, you know, which I'm a proud member of, obviously, mm. so it's fine. Uh, there's a lot of that stuff floating around the internet, who, people who believe that United just get the rubber of the green in almost everything, which wouldn't necessarily explain why we haven't won the league for about three, four years, but no, let's just leave that. But they're not necessarily doing themselves any favours with the way the Carabao Cup uh, draw was made, considering no. that it wasn't broadcast, and they said, oh, here's a video we did of it earlier on. And all the big teams aren't playing each other. Yeah. Yay! It does sound. I was thinking, you know, sometimes conspiracy conspiracy theories are do are proven right, but generally speaking, I think the most the easiest answer is is usually the 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 truth, and it just looks like Twitter really screwed it up. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, nothing too much to worry about from United's perspective with the Bristol City trip. We've surely got enough in the tank to sort that one out. The tie's not for another month, I think, though, isn't it? No. I mean, so they're a good time. team. They're having a really good season. I don't yeah. think it'll be an easy game. Or you know, if, if, if the draw was truly fixed in the favour of United, then I'd, I'd have had them at home. Mm. Um, I still think it's a pretty a pretty tricky a tricky tie to overcome with a with a reserve team. But I don't think I don't think Mourinho Mourinho's priorities are the League Cup this year in the way, same way that it was last year mm. um, so I don't think he'd be absolutely desperately disappointed if he went out for the no. competition at the next stage anyway 
No, I think it was more about getting silverware last year, wasn't it? And because yeah. you know we won the FA Cup the year before, but to keep that train rolling was quite important, and we managed to do that last year. But I think even though the way things are in the league at the moment, we're not necessarily 100% convinced that Mourinho is convinced that United can challenge for the league, considering mm. how we've approached some games over the last few weeks. There's arguably something to say that we have got bigger fish to fry than the League Cup this season. If we get there, absolutely superb. I'd love to win it again. But yeah, mm. I, I think you're right. I, th- I think Mourinho knows that he should be prioritising other competitions at the minute. And we, you know, we'll come on to the Benfica game and looking forward to that in a minute and talking about it later on when we've actually been to see it when it's mm. happened. But yeah, going back to uh, the league game against Spurs on Saturday, that was, again, very much in the Swansea game vein, wasn't it? A typical response to Mourinho being criticised and United being criticised to the point where under him they'll come out and be bullish and we got a performance of sorts that got us the victory. You know, It was incredibly tight, but we just about got the job done. I think there were two two managers there who were both playing um, to a similar end in that game in that it was clear that both sides wanted to keep it tight and try and nick a goal and that resulted in the first half of absolutely abject football. That well, the first five minutes were good. The five, first five minutes, United looked like they were really at it and they came out very fast but after that it just sort of descended into a into a very wet squib mm. you know we've, we've seen that quite a few times this season we haven't or in the last eight, 18 months and we haven't necessarily responded after half time whereas in that game we did respond and certainly we lifted the tempo in the second half and while it wasn't a game of a million chances I think by the end you could say that United certainly deserved to win it even though we were the width of Deli Ali's foot from from potentially losing it but what well, Salim as well probably would have helped in that situation yeah exactly so and, and I think I think the important thing was to win that game to respond to the defeat at Huddersfield we had to try and keep pace with City as much as we possibly could and with Chelsea next week where it's quite difficult to see United winning um, that was an absolutely essential victory I think we're running two races I think there's the the race of hope more than sense which is that maybe we can catch City which I'm not even sure Mourinho believes and there, there's the race against the rest which you know we need to at the very least this season be the best of the rest mm. you know get a very comfortable Champions League place and um, and you know perform reasonably well in the in the Champions League and then try and take the next step next year I mean we were talking before we were recording and you're basically saying you know we've got Chelsea away next week and and obviously harking back to the Liverpool game as well you know Mourinho as we said approaches those games generally with caution and thinks well the point's fine if we can nick a win that's that's great but a point is fine I think the problem is this year that City are going to go into those games and attack them as they did at Chelsea and won won the game so to keep to keep pace particularly if you're going to lose all, the old game at places like Huddersfield you've got to be winning these away games at, at places like Stamford Bridge and at, I do wonder whether we'll have to see how we approach that. I'd be surprised mm. if we didn't approach it in the same way that we've done that we did at Anfield and that we did at the away games last year. And that's all. If we do, it's almost the uh, a recognition that you know we we can't match City this season. We've just got to try and do do what we can do and hopefully you know be the best of the rest. But I mean, just playing devil's advocate for a second. You know, we are in we're in November. I mean, could we look at the sense that a five point gap? After playing Chelsea, pretend, you know, say hypothetical, say we win the game against Chelsea, we're still far and away not out of the title race. Is it just the no. sense for you at the minute that City are just so, so much far away on a level that we're not quite close to at the minute? It's got you worried about us not really being involved in the, the title race. 
I don't think it's so much worry. I just just feel quite resigned to it in, in that I think, you know, the people will be screaming and saying, but it's November and look what happened last year. But there just seems to be something about this City team this season that they've stepped up a level even from that. I mean, they've won, they've won 18 of the last 19 games in all competitions this season. And they've finished their first stretch back to in the last season. But they've won 18 of the last 19 competitive games. And you've got guys like Sane who has you know, really stepped it up a level and they've just got so much talent at the moment I think we could ultimately reach that level at some point but I'm not sure that we're there at the moment and I think we will drop points in the way that we did at Stoke and the way we did at Huddersfield because the squad isn't quite there at the moment I suspect the Mourinho thinks deep down that he can't win it I mean, I'm not saying we cannot win it. It's not inconceivable. And they, you know, City may implode, but it look they look to be made of sterner stuff this year. Mm. And maybe, maybe Mourinho is looking at this as a, you know, a three-year cycle where, you know, at the end of those three years, he surely must have his own team and have bought, you know, potentially eleven, twelve players. You bloody hope so. After three years. <clears throat> well, exactly. And you, you can't complain. You, you know, you can't complain anymore and say, well, mm. this squad isn't, isn't up to the task. I've got these players I don't want because you, you bought you would have bought more you know at least a team essentially mm. I mean just going back to Spurs a little bit I mean if we're going to look at that game from start to finish as you mentioned it was really good to see us come out with a little bit more impetus and fire in the second half so we actually started shooting which yeah. was advantageous it was novel wasn't it, it was yeah it was great I mean I think there was that one chance I say one chance there was Rashford's uh, dipping free kick in the first half that Laurie sort of turned around but yeah, we at least started shooting and creating some chances. You know, Lukaku has been... Uh, I mean, Mourinho's spoken about United... Sorry, Old Trafford specifically criticising Lukaku for his performance at the weekend, but I didn't really see it like that. I mean, to me, I thought Lukaku did the best he could with an awkward performance because, mm. for the most part, the delivery wasn't there. And at least he was trying to make things happen. You know, there were elements in the second half where a couple of other players around him stepped up too, you know. Nikitarian had a shot, and I can't remember the last time that happened. It wasn't, it wasn't a very good shot, but he, it wasn't he a great nearly, shot. He scored, but it almost scored from yeah. it. Come on, yeah. Vegas can't be choosers, Rich. Truth. Yeah, exactly. You know, Kaku had that chance where essentially, he, I think it, the, the angle was so tight that Loris couldn't really do anything else than just palm it away. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, half cross, half shot. That, again, it's nice to see us work the keeper a little bit more and, mm. you know, hit the post as well. And I, it wasn't Lukaku's best game, and he is at a point now where he hasn't scored for gosh, five, five, five games, games. Yeah. yeah considering how well he started before this last international break that's not necessarily a cause for concern but it is notable and I think partially because United do look less fluent in attack I think he's really suffering for he's that just isolated moment. isn't he he's yeah. been isolated the last few games he's had virtually no service I mean mm. I um, United Frankcast asked me to write just a brief, brief something this week about one of the frustrations that I had with United at the moment and it was that our delivery from out wide is is either non-existent or pretty poor. And in the last, um, well, Spider for ladies on. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You just just have lump it in. But we've actually saw in the Benfica game, uh, we saw Lukaku actually going drifting wide twice and actually putting in better crosses towards Rashford than than uh, anyone had put towards him in that entire game or at Anfield. And then again at, at uh, Huddersfield, he actually created the goal by drifting out wide and, and crossing very. Very expertly for for Rashford, and it's you know it's, Lukaku clearly isn't getting the service that he was getting earlier in the in the season, and we're still even then we weren't making full use of him, and he has just been very isolated in those few games, hasn't he? Mm. United haven't played very well functionally, and we've had Mkhitaryan as the guy 
who was supposed to be bridging the gap between the midfield and Lukaku, and he's just been absolutely hopeless. Um, and so that's just left Lukaku just being isolated up front and mm. you know just having long balls pumped up to him, which you know he's, he's not, not ideal. Gonna, he's not, he's not going to thrive. I mean, well, I guess yeah. I guess we scored from that ultimately, but well, two um, assists. You yeah. know, in the last week, I mean, mm. you know, it's not like he's not doing anything. He's clearly still working hard, but the chances at the minute are often as a result of him doing something with substandard service as opposed to him missing them because if you think about that header that was a very well directed header from Mm. what wasn't the most ideal cross you know his shot in the second half as we said at Loris Palmed away was him running down that channel and basically blasting it back towards goal Mm. so it's not like he is missing sitters at the minute is it no no yeah but I mean again you know you talk about you know talking about that assist it was just a result of him putting his body around and knocking that header on or having the wherewithal to knock it on to Martial and you know Neville mentioned Gary Neville mentioned in the commentary during the game at the weekend which I thought was really funny he said that Vertonghen slipped I didn't see that I just saw Martial yeah. basically whiz past him he just didn't move Vertonghen just didn't seem to react to the ball or, or, I, I can only assume he didn't know anybody was behind him Yeah, he and Dyer just seemed to kind of let the ball bounce thinking he was going to go through to the keeper and Martial just appeared just ran just appeared out you know from about 10 yards behind them and ran straight through them um, he grounded it a little bit <clears> but very happy to see that he perhaps, he perhaps needed to do that to get it to get it in because mm. you know he, um, Mourinho was almost a little bit critical of the finish wasn't he he was like he's like you know he didn't hit it very well it wasn't a great it wasn't a beautiful finish but he got there in the first place but he, he perhaps needed to hit that into the ground to get the bounce to take it out past Loris's leg and, and yeah. into the corner you know so ultimately I think it was a, a pretty good goal and it's yet another attempt goal in the last 10 minutes of a game this season Just and and another goal that resulted from Mourinho's substitution of either Martial or Rashford for Rashford or Martial yeah um, people weren't happy there was definitely a bit of a uh, not necessarily a hostile but it wasn't necessarily very well accepted when Rashford came off Martial and Rashford mm. was having a, good, a fairly good game but I think that until Mourinho finds a way of getting the two of them into a side and forming a functional attack around them that also involves Lukaku then this is going to be the way of things for, the, for a while now I mean unless he takes a game of little consequence in midweek or something or a lesser Premier League opponent so-called lesser Premier League opponent this is how it's going to be and to be fair if it keeps working like this then Mourinho is going to see well why would I change it Mm. you know if Martial scores a late winner he'll start the next game if Rashford comes on and scores a goal he'll start the next game and yeah it's very exciting to think about the possibilities of the two of them playing together but for the time being we have still got a fairly nice situation where we've got a, a young talented player to come on and hopefully create chances like that you know Rashford scored two goals in a week you know he got that uh, very lucky goal against Benfica and then got the header against Huddersfield having come on for Martial uh, the previous weekend Mm. so it's clear that even though they want to be playing every week which is what you want from your players especially when you know but at this age you want them to want to play and they're clearly chomping at the bit to actually get out there and perform it's great that they can come off the bench and still have a positive effect. And it's clear that at the minute, it's not really disrupting their flow. Maybe it will at some point in the rest of the season. But at the minute, it's a really it's a privilege to have one of them on the bench and to be able to come on and make a difference. And that's exactly what Martial did. Because at that point, whilst I, I would argue that we probably deserved that win on Saturday, where the goal was coming from, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And to have gotten through that. And you knew, you knew as soon as we scored that goal as well, there was going to be backs to the wall for the yeah. most part. Spurs suddenly decided, oh crap, we're losing. Better yeah. do something about that. Yeah. I mean, the, the small margins, wasn't it? You know, if, if Ali scores, I think we probably lose that game. But 
obviously he didn't and and, and we nicked it and I, I suppose Mourinho would argue and I, certainly uh, Henry Winter wrote in the in the Times the next day that it essentially played yeah I exactly. see that copy of the Times <laughs> that you bought with you Rich don't enough has got past me though. <laughs> He basically said in the Times the next day that you know that was essentially exactly what Mourinho does. He he keeps games tight against the best sides and then tries to do things towards the end of the game that, that decide it. And ultimately, that's what he did. I think the the only challenge you'll have with with the Martial situation is if and when we're not playing twice a week. And I don't think I mean I think particularly Martial will struggle if he's not playing you know for for a few weeks at a time. Whereas at the moment we've got the nice, we've got the nice ability to essentially Martial's been playing Champions League games, um, or played he'll play two of the Champions League, Champions League games and Rashford won and kind of interspersing them in the league as well. So both both of them are getting plenty of game time. So you, that will be the challenge. I mean, I think if if Mourinho actually thought that he could play Rashford and Martial together with Lukaku in some way, I think he'd already have done it. Mm. Um, you know, loads of people have said, well, why not try one of them on the right hand side and play the three three in attack but it's clear he just doesn't want to do that <clears throat> they may be right I mean we've seen Rashford play on the right he's played on the right for England a couple of times poor, he, poor he, soul yeah neither, neither time he particularly looked at ease on that side so you know perhaps Mourinho what, you know, but we do need to solve that, that issue with width because we haven't got any natural um, effective delivery from wide areas on either side of the pitch mm. and I think that's the point If we if we could solve that problem I mean in January it's not it's probably not likely but once we've solved that problem I, I think yeah we could really take City on head to head because we've got we've got so many areas of attack we can come from whereas at the moment we tend to get a bit bogged down in the middle of the pitch because we just don't have that quality from, from out wide and Mourinho knows that I mean he said he wanted you know he wanted Perisic he said he wanted a sort of left sided wing back stroke wide player in the summer we know what the areas that we need to improve are so it may just be a case of having to wait for those those to come either in the next the next window or next summer and then we, we can really see that from Mourinho's team and we can feel confident I mean I know we spoke in the last pod about how just if everyone's fit the spine of the team is pretty strong we've mm. got six or seven players that, that are really key players in that in that spine but elsewhere you know either side of that um, we've got question marks about everybody you know even someone like Valencia who plays really well you know we completely accept that his delivery is generally pretty awful Um and so that to a degree negates his, his ability to get up and down the pitch if he's getting up and down the pitch and not doing anything with the ball at the end of it mm. so if we can solve those those problems then I think I'd look at that team and think yeah we're quite a complete team and we can really do some damage to any side um, so but you know we've we, we clearly we've clearly progressed from mm. last year but perhaps not on the level to where we're close to City I guess no. part of the things at the minute is that you look at their team at the moment and you feel like there's a lot of players who are playing to a very high optimal level and there's not too many players at the moment you could say that about our starting 11 which is causing a problem I mean I guess the flip side of that is that when uh, Mourinho was questioned I think it was was it Jeff Shreves was saying you know how was it to play against Spurs without Harry Kane does that have an effect and he was like you're going to ask Pochettino about what it was like to play United without Pogba for mm. like and everything yeah. oh gosh so cringe so cringe he's He's clearly in ultra combative mode already. I think partially because he feels like, as he's been leaking to big old Duncan Castles, that, that things haven't been quite as settled as he would have liked. He might not have. A, he might be missing a few key targets and all that sort of stuff. You know, he's getting combative, and you know, he, <laughs> he he's got his rear end up, hasn't he? Yeah. But yeah, it's at the moment 
there's definitely enough signs of positivity to say there has been progression. Are we up to City's level? I'm not so sure. No. But we'll see how things progress as the season goes on. You know, you, The way we look at tonight, for instance, we have won three from three. We should be looking to win this game pretty comfortably, and that's pretty much qualification to the last 16. That is, that is possible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah if it we win. Be done, yeah. Which is great. You know, I mean, you'd have taken that a couple of months ago. You'd bitten your hands mm-hmm. off for that, considering how we struggled in Europe in some yeah. group stages before, because I don't think we... Confirmed qualification to what the last game in the Europa League a year ago? Yeah, was it? Which is yeah. ridiculous when you think yeah. about it, considering the group we had then. Um, so that's great. I think just thinking forward to Chelsea, uh, we'll round this off for the first half, and then we'll we'll be back after the actual Benfica game. Thinking about Chelsea in particular, I am on the same page as you in the sense that I'm not. I I think United can beat Chelsea. It's just that I'm not necessarily sure. I'm convinced that under Mourinho will go for it. But the problem is, is that having gone to Anfield and essentially played for a very tight 1-0 win and gone with a defensive approach and then gone to Huddersfield and lost, our grace period for going out to try and grind out a game against a big opponent has kind of lessened a little bit. It's not yeah. gone because we're so early well, on the value season now. Less, value. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. The value of it is lessened now because we've gone past the point where you're thinking a, one point is good in this scenario because you're expecting City to win and you're banking on them to drop points to try and get some, you know, to try and cause some space back between them. Five points is not an insurmountable gap at any stretch or any point of the season, to be honest. But at the moment, because we have dropped those points early on in this section of games, there is a feeling that United should be going out there to not play for a draw, to go out for a win. And I think that that counters what I would expect Mourinho's approach to be for that game. I'm not sure he. I'm not sure he's capable of change. Perhaps this. This is what we'll see because, as we said, City went there, went to Chelsea and played him off the park really and won that game. So, where is the value? As you say, having lost the Huddersfield game as well, mm. the the value of getting a tight point at Stamford Bridge is, you know, becomes much much smaller because City have already been there and done the business. Um, but I He'll don't... want a progression on from last season, for instance. Like, we got thrashed 4-0 when we were there in the league last season, then we went in the FA Cup and got beaten as well. So he'll want some sort of progression. He'll want a result, but I'm not sure how much he'll sacrifice in order to actually get the no. win. And I think, ideally, we need to be looking to go out there and make a statement. Because you mentioned last week how Mourinho's record away from home in these big away games against the so-called you know, the nominal top six is poor. Yeah. and at some point that has to change because we can't just rely on our home form and making sure we pick up points against some of the, again the so-called lesser clubs because we've already struggled with that on a couple of occasions this season so you know as I said we should really hopefully we'll see a more positive approach than we saw against Stanfield because again that wasn't much better than the nil-nil we had last year in terms of the actual performance in terms of what we did it was better at all it was no. very similar but you know one one key chance and then essentially just defending yeah let's not worry too much about that now Rich we're yeah. going to go off to Manchester should right. we go and have some beers let's do it sounds good Rich it was a point when we were walking down the stairs having finished the game watched the game this evening where I just suddenly reminded myself that we'd actually just qualify for the knockout stages of Champions League and the reason we didn't think of that straight away and cheer was because that was a terrible 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 game mm. Yeah, it's hard to not to say, isn't it? it? It almost feels like it's not an achievement, isn't it? We've qualified for the most appalling Champions League group in humanity mm. in the most, well, in fairness. In, in first, auspicious first, circumstances. The last two games have been the most scruffy, scruffy performances possible against a team who have just been terrible, weren't they, really, I think, Benfica. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was quite a scratch. I mean, you know, we, we made a few changes, so you can't expect it to be completely 
completely fluid, but there are quite a few grumbles around us. Oh, God, there were so many grumbles. Uh, Everyone know, seemed very angry today. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we... Well, I might as well say, you know, we started recording then and you said something, you said about how you were going to say about how we'd driven a long way to watch to watch that. And then you said, no, well, let's not do that because people do that every week. People come a long way every week. You know, there's a guy in front of me that was absolutely infuriated by the whole thing. And, you know, if you were if you were coming a long way every week to watch to watch that and pay a lot of money. And that's what you were getting game after game at the moment. And then your manager was really bitching about the grumbles and i don't think it's any any more than that is it it's no more than no more than grumbles mm. um people were very annoyed about damien just in general people were very annoyed about lukaku's first touch which admittedly on a couple of occasions this evening was not fantastic people were very annoyed every time we lost the ball which was many times people were also very annoyed every time we passed side to side the guy actually the, the, the grumbling man in front of us actually took uh, decided to count how many passes we had in their own half before we <laughs> before before we moved it forward and we he counted I think fifteen passes and then we lost it. On Eighteen the passes and we just lost the ball. Three passes three passes in it into their half and we uh, <clears throat> and we lost the ball. And yep, that was a lot of the game was just passing back and forth. And I think mm. we said after Herrera came on, he he was the first the first United midfielder who was actually make, running into space and making triangles for other players. Yeah. Aside of that, it was just just two lines of players and nobody moving. And of all the bugbears tonight, my one of my biggest was was Lukaku just not not moving. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears> I, I, I think we're a bit at odds on that one. I think he just he he just didn't seem to have the legs towards the end of it. You know, he he did bust a gut on several occasions to make runs into the box because the service tonight just wasn't very good. And admittedly, the hold up play wasn't necessarily that fantastic either. But he clearly tried. But yeah, you were right. He did tire out towards the end of it. And there were a couple of occasions when Rashford had the ball after coming on for Martial in the second half had some space and you're just thinking right Lukaku should be trying to get on the end of this he needed to be driving into the, into the box yeah. and he didn't even make it as far he was just walking wasn't he he was just mm. walking and Rashford you know, got towards the byline there was nobody in the box at all but then 30 seconds later Lukaku's bouncing around up, going over headers and all sorts and then he's you know, back to lumbering about again and he just fr- he frustrated me the number of times he'd stood, he'd stood on the edge of the box in the middle of the, the Benfica back four with and just put, had his arm in the air mm. when the ball was wide and he didn't he didn't make a run. He didn't try and make, make a yard of space or, or get behind the defenders. It was just, I'm going to stick my arm in the air and I need you to deliver it to me. That annoyed me. But on the other hand, you can see how how frustrated he must be in the last few games at the, the quality of the sort of ball that he's given. And, and the, the times he's given the ball in dangerous areas is virtually nil. Yeah, I mean, um, the delivery lately has been pretty poor. And the only threat that we had in that first half was one Anthony Martial, wasn't it? Yeah. He was electric in that first half when he got the ball. He was constantly playing on Benfica's right back and got the penalty. He yeah. stepped up to take it. You know, quite well saved by Svila. But, you know, I think it'd be difficult to say that we deserved the lead on the basis of that. But Martial was clearly our biggest threat throughout that first hour, you know, 70 minutes before he came off. Yeah, I mean, again, a couple of good saves from Dave. There was that really great long-range effort that he tipped uh, just around the post, which was, you know, that was definitely going in. Great shot, but... Again, uh, a couple of times when Benfica were getting forward, it was just it was surprising just how easy they were finding it. You know, we were struggling to put challenges in. I think Scott McTominay would grew into it quite well, and he was doing some good stuff there. And I think partially the problem is is that sat alongside Nemanja Matic, he was trying to orchestrate to a certain extent. If you're not running around enough and finding space, then essentially what are you doing? And mm. 
as we mentioned when we were talking tonight, so many times the pass was on for Matteo Damian on that right wing, and it just was not used. They, the team at times just seemed to completely ignore him. And then when it came into the second half, eventually he stopped finding that space because he just didn't expect to get yeah, the ball. Yeah. And it was just daft at times. And yeah, you can understand. I, you know, I feel some sympathy for McTominay. You know, I don't think he had a bad game. I think he, no, no, he, I agree. He, he, worked his, he worked his socks off and he made, you know, he got in a few decent tackles and he was very neat and tidy. But at the moment, and you can understand why he's doing it when he's just first been brought into the team, and perhaps that's what he's been told to do. He is just take, taking the easy route on the ball. Rather than try and curl that pass out to Damian, he the number of times he stopped, checked back inside and just played it square to, to, to Matic. Or, mm. you know, he, he didn't really try anything that was further than 10 yards. Now, again, you know, he may have been told to do that. But you can also see a really young 20-year-old midfielder in his first starting his first Champions League game that he just wanted to do it neat and tidy and not make any, t- any terrible mistakes. Yeah, of course. And, and basically left it, left it to everybody else to give the ball away. <laughs> <laughs> and they do the applause. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... But again, another side to look that actually gave us the lead. Uh, we initially, I thought that we were being quite unlucky with uh, Matic's shot hitting the post and then coming back and hitting them on the back. But again, I don't want to criticise an 18-year-old goalkeeper too badly, but it was just poor keeping, wasn't it? You know, he, he, he dove, arguably too late, didn't get anything on the ball to try and tip it out for a corner, whether or not he thought it was going in, and he was in such a bad position when it came back that it just it, he had no chance. It was just so slow to get down. I mean, you, you see, by the time the ball's actually hitting the post, he's not even at a full dive. He's on mm. his knees, almost scrambling for it. I, I said that there's, that after he saved the penalty, there was there was one of two ways this this narrative was going to go. It was either going to be he saved the penalty and Benfica win the game and it's redemption, or <clears throat> he's going to have a nightmare again. But unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, he OG'd, OG'd the hell out of it once again. Oh, he very much uh, did. Bless him. Yeah, um, you know, I have some sympathy with him for that, but you know, it's it's a harsh, it's a harsh learning ground. I suppose he'll learn from it. Basically, Benfica were tidy and tricky, and mm. I think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't play, lay the blame on him any more than anybody else because I don't think they had any exceptional players on the pitch. No, you mentioned that they they put out a a weakened side for sure. Clearly, having given up on the the actual group stages potentially after getting beat 1-0 two weeks ago. Well, I guess so, they seem to have given up on it before then. The stadium was half empty. They, they'd made a ton of changes. They didn't play the best players. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a bit of a weird atmosphere tonight, wasn't it? It felt like everyone, you know, who wasn't in the away end had sort of said, well, we just expect to win here. Mm. And United didn't necessarily have to try too hard to win, but it just felt all very flat, didn't it? You know, mm. the away end was bouncing for large sections of the evening and fair play to them. They kept... Uh, very nice din going for well large parts of the evening mm. but yeah it just felt as i said very very flat this evening you know it didn't feel like it like, as you know it, it felt like a game that we were expecting to win in a good fashion in a solid fashion and get two or three goals and it was anything but that it was uncomfortable and again against quite willing opponents we were lucky because we just didn't look particularly fluid whatsoever you know there were, there were points i think after Herrera came on, we ended up with three in midfield because, as you mentioned, he was moving a lot more. We were passing the ball up better. Now we suddenly had some space. Now there was some impetus. Nikitarian, I thought, came on and did all right. You know, he, yeah. he's he's done less than all right over the last few weeks. So to see him come on and have a mostly positive effect he was did good. Some good things about this, yeah. didn't he? But he was at least moving, it, yeah. just as Herrera was. He, you know, he and Herrera were moving all the time and doing yeah. what nobody else had done in that game to that point. Giving them options, which is great. That's yeah, exactly. what you want to see in that yeah. sort of situation. Yeah. And, you know, whichever way you look at it, and it might not have been a great performance, and it definitely wasn't that much better in terms of, 
you know, a, a, a statement than we saw two weeks ago in Portugal. But again, it's another victory in a Champions League game. And there we are now, top of the group. We're going to be going through to the last 16, even if we get hammered in these next two matches. Mm. Well, um, maybe we don't get hammered in both of them, but at the same time, you know, we should be there now. And yeah. that's, a, that's an achievement, you know, whilst, you know, there are definitely enough reasons to grumble based on what we've seen this evening, because it was not a good performance by any stretch of the imagination. It was functional and we got the result, but it was not anywhere near as good as United can be and as we've seen already this season. But that is an achievement, surely, Rich, to get through to the group stages, even if this isn't the best group, to have won four from four. You know, better teams than us have struggled in these sort of circumstances over the the last few years. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you said it is a a terrible group, but when was the last time United cruised through a Champions League group? It's been too long, hasn't it, really? Mm. I think I think we've got to kind of comfort ourselves at the moment that we just need to get through, and we we've got through the Champions League group now, so we can relax about those last two games to a point. Mm. We've got to just keep going until we get Pogba back, the 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 mythical Pogba, yeah, Pogba I mean, beast. I saw someone mention on Twitter just this week that they were saying the more we build up Pogba, the more pressure we put on him to perform when he comes back, and I think there's definitely an element of truth to that. I think it would just be better for United to have options because at the minute. It does feel like in midfield in particular, we're very limited. You know, Matic mm-hmm. is playing a lot lately, a lot, and that's problematic. But it's an awkward situation, and United getting a couple of players back that can offer them just some variety and just doing something different would be great at the minute. And getting mm-hmm. some players back would be very important. Mourinho clearly has some players that he doesn't trust as much, so if it means that we play a bit more of an expansive, exciting style with Fellaini in, in the team. Then fair enough, I'll accept that every day of the week. I think that would be a good experience. You know, what we can say, it should be a good experience for McTominay as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's difficult, you know, it's always difficult when you see a, a, a kid come through from the from the age group teams. Mm. You never really know how they're going to adapt to, to the next level. And it's clear that Mourinho has obviously, we'd imagine, seen something in Tuanzebe and, and particularly McTominay because he seems willing to try McTominay in games that really matter, whereas he hasn't been willing to do that with Tuanzebe. He's obviously seen something there that he thinks is a very valuable commodity for this for this squad and this yeah. team. And I guess the thing is as well, he would, you know, he might struggle to come up to this level if United were playing great, fast, free-flowing football in a well-oiled machine. And we, <laughs> since this international break, we are not that. So coming into a team that is looking awkward and a bit jagged at the moment is difficult enough as it was. And I thought, for the most part, he acquitted himself pretty well. And, you know, the team selection, for the most part, said one eye on Chelsea on Sunday, another eye on making sure we just get the job done. And we did get the job done. Mm. So I guess now the pressure turns to Sunday. Chelsea lost 3-0 tonight. How do you view that in the context of this evening's results? Do you think United have got to go for it now? I mean, you know, look at the fact that we're going to be playing... Sorry, it's an international break after Sunday's game. You think that United really want to try and put a bit more pressure on Chelsea, and as we said earlier on when we were talking this afternoon, it's an option. Now, it's a chance now to win a game, to go for it. I, I refuse to believe that Mourinho will do that. Yeah, <laughs> at Stamford Bridge, I just don't, I don't see it. I think he'll just be, he'll just be scruffy. Mm. He'll be scruffy, and he'll try and nick something, a point or three. You know, if he gets it, get a goal. I mean, it's difficult. I, you know, we saw things tonight defensively that were a little bit scary, and if we'd you know, if we were playing a team mm. who had some real quality, we could have been in a lot of trouble tonight. Absolutely. Um, I mean, both Bailly and Smalling had chances this evening, or sorry, opportunities this evening, where they could have made a simple pass and ended up botching it. 
yeah. and let Benfica in. And as we mentioned, it was it was nice that we were playing such a generous side because they just were again just as they were two weeks ago. Not very good. No, no, just toothless really. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's plenty to think about, and you, you've got to imagine even after losing tonight that Chelsea are going to cause us you know far far more problems than on Sunday than we we've been caused for a few weeks. Mm. You know, certainly more than Spurs gave us last week with without Kane. Yeah. So, you know, you know, and again, we, I still don't feel like we've played anybody really special this season. I think Spurs, Spurs are probably the best side we've played, and they, were, you know, we. They were know, pretty toothless, weren't they? They, they were. They were pretty toothless, but then you know they, they didn't have their world class striker, and I appreciate we didn't have a world class midfielder either. Mm. But I don't feel like we've played any, any absolutely truly exceptional side at the strength of their powers. At the peak of their powers, at the peak yeah, of their powers that. at the yeah. moment at all this season. I mean, so, Remarkable how we got this far into the season and played so, so much tat. Um, <laughs> to me, this looks like the hardest game we've had this season mm. um, by a distance, um, and probably will be for the whole of the season until we play City. So, this is a better measure, I think, of exactly where we are compared to the other sides around us at the top. Mm. Because we, you know, we, we were still waiting for the league to even itself out. We've got we've got two home games after the Chelsea game two league home games and then we've got Arsenal and City I think in consecutive games and I think after that point when everybody's played everybody else in the top the top six that's the point when you can look at the league and say well actually you know this is probably a reasonable reflection of where everybody is hmm. at the moment we've still got that to even out we've still got three very tough games to come against you know three of the other three of the top the five sides that we can play in the top six yeah. and I think after that that then we can step back and say, you know, where where actually are we in this league? Mm. Um, you know, if we lose on Sunday, we're only a point ahead of Chelsea. I think, you know, City could be eight points clear. You know, worst case scenario, you know, suddenly things become a lot closer, and we've still got two very difficult league games before we've all played everybody. Well, you mentioned if we lose against Chelsea, we're eight points behind. If we draw against Chelsea, we're seven points behind. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd obviously retain a decent gap to Chelsea. I mean, we, we, we spoke about this earlier today that I suspect and I'm sure people get very angry about the deciding who's going to win the title in October or whatever but I do just you just have do have to look at City and think particularly with the talent they've added this summer that I think they've just got more ability and they're playing more fluently than we are at the moment I think they're on a different level to us and I think we're playing to win that mini league behind the rest of them mm. and get as close as we can to City and then really really hope across our fingers that we can bring in the, the absolutely top class players that will bridge that gap and perhaps take us beyond them next season yeah um you know i'd like i'd love to think i'm wrong but i think they did even if we even if we do relatively well against the sides in and around us at the, the top end of the table i think city are going to smash so many of the of the rest of their other 14 that unless we can you know essentially win almost all of our games against those other 14 it's going to be very difficult to stay to stay with them, and and, and he, you know they've already gone to gone to Chelsea and won, and you know, stuffed Liverpool at home as well. So they, you know they've already take, taken notch out of some of those some of those games and won them, mm. taking a point in those games or you know trying to scruff a one nil all season isn't really going to work, particularly if we're losing at Huddersfield. So mm. <laughs> I think our job now is to just keep ploughing on, do the best we can, and see how how close them we can be, and, and whether we can keep the rest at bay as well. And just see where we are in the new year, sort of late January, February time, and then really reassess from there and decide what what our, 
what our priorities are going to be. Yeah, keep on trucking, which is more than we're doing in this car park right now, anyway. Yeah, I don't know why I turned the engine on, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. Cheers, Rich. Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the ending spiel from inside this car, from inside Richard Can's car. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Don't forget, you can get us all over the internet, specifically Twitter. You can get me at at you and Lennox. You can get Rich at Richard Can seventy six. You can get the pod at at Red Voices MUSC, and you can get the blog at www.redvoices.net. Have yourselves a superb week. We'll be back after Chelsea. Cheerio.